Welcome back to the Playlist of Life podcast. I'm Molly. And I'm Ileana. And today we're going to be talking all about Grammy nominations, who we think we're going to win, who we think is going to win, who we want to win, and all of our thoughts. But before we get to that, we're going to start how we start every single episode, which is a song we've been loving recently. So my song of the week is Lacey by Olivia Rodrigo. This song did come out a little bit ago on her album Guts, but I've just been listening to it more and more. I think it's the most delicate and like sweet sounding song. I love everything about it. This is my favorite song on Guts. Might be unpopular, but I love it. Um, I just think it's very like, her voice sounds very airy and is very satisfying in this song. Um, So that's my favorite song of the week. My song of the week is Annie Men of Mine by Shania Twain. Um, I actually got this song out of like just a random podcast, a random playlist that I found on Spotify. But it's really fun. It's like upbeat. It's like a little bit country, but like not really. And it's like I think it's country. It's country, but it's like it has a beat to it. Yeah. And it's just like fun. Makes you want to dance. And it's like so like girly and like fun. And it's like the message is basically like that like she can do things, and, like, she can be late, but he's got to be on time, and, like, he always has to say, so it's, like, you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt and, like, not really take the lyrics that seriously, but it's sort of just, like, a fun, like, dance around, like, it's, 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 feels like the similar vibes, like, man, I feel like a woman that's also by Shania Twain. Which I love. So, I've just been introduced to, to any man of mine this week, and I just feel like it's a fun song. Love. So now we're going to get into some pop culture content, some different things going on recently. Um, one thing we have is Kim Kardashian's GQ Man of the Year photo shoot. I love that she got Man of the Year. I love it. I think it's, like, the best thing ever. Her photo shoot was so iconic. Like, I don't know. Everything about it I'm obsessed with. It's really cool. So if you haven't seen it, basically, for GQ picks, like, Man of the Year and they pick Kim Kardashian. So all of the pictures are her, like, in suits at, like... Sitting in an office. Like eating Cheetos, like, it's just, like, she takes this, like, very, like, official GQ man of the year, like, very, like, boxed-in masculine thing, and, like, sort of puts a play on it where, obviously, like, she's Kim Kardashian, but also, like, she's in these suits that, like, are really cool, and then, like, she's, like, drenched in water in some of the photos, and, like, she's, like, eating Cheetos, and, like, it's just, like, a very cool sort of juxtaposition between, like, something serious and something so playful and I feel like she's able to mesh them together really well and I just think it's so cool she's such an amazing like businesswoman like I think this like really solidified the fact like she is not only this like reality star like obviously that's like where she got her start what that's what she is sort of primarily but like if you really think about like she is a businesswoman who has like sort of catapulted like and made so much money off of different things and different ventures so I think it's cool to see her in in the spotlight there. I think, like, whatever the Kardashians do gets a criticism, rightfully so. But I think this was, like, a really cool sort of play on Man of the Year. I mean, it was the Man of the Year, but... And I like... I really like the fact that they picked her. Like, I think she was a perfect choice for, like, the cover of Man of the Year. Just because, like, just... She's such this powerful businesswoman. And so I think instead of putting, like, a like a man in that role she's so powerful that I think it's really iconic to put her there I agree so another thing that happened 
recently that's like really devastating mm-hmm. is that um a taylor swift fan died um right before one of her concerts in brazil so on her concert on friday um it was extremely hot outside and um because of the extreme weather and other circumstances um a fan died at the concert and i know like a lot of other fans passed out and it was really bad conditions so it sounds like it was really on the stadium um, they didn't have water readily available. They weren't passing out. There was no, like, sort of way... There was no, they were not passing out water. There was no, like, way to easily get water. And they closed the vents yeah. at the top of the stadium that would, like, sort of filter the air and let air through. Yeah, because they didn't want people from outside of the stadium looking in, which is just crazy to me. So, like, in the U.S., a lot of people, like, tailgated the shows if they weren't able to get tickets, and they watched from outside, from the top of parking garages, from the parking lots... Um, and sort of just, like, were able to hear the music and dance along, even if they Mm -hmm. weren't able to get inside the stadium. And so I think that the Brazil stadium was trying to ensure that people weren't doing that. But when you're having a heat wave of 110 degrees and closing the vents makes it 130 degrees inside the stadium, you can't be doing that, and I hope that there's consequences. Yes, and it's also not like it's an hour-long concert. This is a Mm -hmm. whole-day thing, so you need to understand that it's the brutal heat of the day and like that's it's just not okay a to limit water access to close the vents it just is not okay so taylor like stopped her show she was like throwing water at people like not too well and because like people were like chanting like like water water so like to get her her attention and it's just a really scary thing i hope that um changes are made to the policies and to and consequences are given and i also hope that other stadiums in all across the world um, are able to look at this as an example of something what not to yeah. do and able to see the danger of this and like move forward with changes. Yeah. Um, I also can't even imagine like Taylor because like we yeah. we've always said from the beginning it's so crazy that she's up there for hours and she yeah. like does all of this and like how does she not get tired? How does she not get sick? But when if people just in the in the stadium just in the stands. Obviously, she's not, like, she's not packed in next to other people, but she's moving, she's screaming, she's, like, singing, she's dancing, so it's different reasons, but, like, I can't imagine she was okay. There was a video of her, actually, during the Midnight Era, and she looked like she was going to pass out. She was, like, losing her breath. She, like, it was actually insane because she couldn't catch her breath for so long during this video, and then she snapped out of it and bejeweled stuff started Mm. which is insane the fact that she has to like put on this like like she turned around was breathing so heavily looked like she was like about to pass out and then was just like snapped into pose and Mm -hmm. started Mm -hmm. so crazy that she has to be able to do that like she is such a dedicated person she's so dedicated to the fans and to her work but i do think like she's created this thing where like she she feels like she can't take a break she can't like, be like, guys, I need to take 10 minutes before I continue the next set. Um, yeah. She did cancel the next, or no, postpone the next day's show um, because of the heat wave and everything. But, like, it's kind of crazy. And and people were giving her backlash for that, which I think is Really? At the stadium, people were shouting, we won't, we won't go. People were already at the stadium when she canceled. Yeah, which I think... She should have canceled it earlier. She, she should have canceled, canceled it as soon as she heard the news about the fan the day before. 100%. Huh. That's weird. Why didn't yeah. she cancel earlier? I don't know. 
she said, I'm writing this from my dressing room um, because of the extreme conditions I'm canceling the show. Yeah. So I can understand why people were mad. They got all the way there. Yeah. They got dressed. They were ready to see her. But but in the end of the day, like... Your safety is more important. Yes. And to be chanting, like, we won't go when she explained that the reason was the heat and the day before they'd seen the post on her Instagram that explained the fact that a fan died just feels a little bit insensitive. It feels insensitive. Also, imagine Taylor in that moment. Like, she must feel so guilty. And I thought... Like, her statement was fine. It was all that she could say. At first, I was like, well, why isn't she saying anything on stage? She did play Bigger Than the Whole Sky, which Mm -hmm. we can assume is dedicated to this fan who passed away. I think her name is Anna. Yeah. Um, Everyone thought she was not going to sing that song, and I think that was a good opportunity to sing it when she did. 100%. Um, But she did say in the statement, like, she's not going to say much on stage because she's just so, like, emotional about it. Um. She doesn't have to do this outwardly, but I hope that she's helping the family. I heard her, I heard that she was. I don't know if this is confirmed, but I heard that she was, um, like, paying for the funeral from what I saw online. So I hope she's doing something to help the family. Yeah, I, I don't think this is her fault. I think I it's, it's almost entirely on the stadium um, and the unsafe conditions that they put this fans in. Like, how could she know that this is happening? Apparently, this is, like, not supposed to be like one of the nicest stadiums in yeah. Brazil, so some people are faulting her for choosing the stadium, but I don't think that she has much say on, say on what stadium she performs in. I'm sure she had choice of like, what cities do you want to go to? What countries do you want to go to? But I don't even know if she had that choice. Yeah. And so I think, we, I don't really know, but it feels like we can't really blame her for choosing the stadium. Yeah. But even though it isn't her fault, I'm sure she feels this immense grief oh, right sure. now, and I do hope that she is doing everything that she can to help the family even though it's yeah. not her fault i agree so obviously we're you know hoping that the family is doing as well as they can and this is really devastating yeah. I, I don't think anyone ever expected something mm-hmm. like this would come from the iris tour yeah but to move on um one other thing is there's been a lot of controversy with matt rife so he's this comedian who became famous on tiktok from like his crowd work and I think like people liked him because he was like attractive and like he did this crowd work like joking with with um audience members whatever like his tiktoks went completely viral um but then he did this comedy special that was filmed for netflix um and people are really upset at the comedy special so Mm -hmm. I watched it because I was like oh like let's see like, I've seen his TikToks, like, yeah. he's kind of funny, like, when he's, like, reacting to the crowd, sometimes the stuff he says is, like, a little, like, I don't, th- I don't find every video funny, but I was, like, I have nothing else to watch, so let's see if I watch this special. I personally didn't find many of the jokes funny at all. Mm-hmm. Um, he's getting a lot of backlash because the show starts with a joke about domestic violence, which is obviously horrible. Yeah. Um, basically, the joke is some, is, like, along the lines of, like, he was at this restaurant and he saw a waitress with a black eye and he's and the joke is something about like how she wouldn't have the black eye if she knew how to cook or something like that. I did hear about that. Insinuating that like she was punched because like she doesn't know how to cook and like it's a domestic violence yeah. situation. Um and also almost insinuating that's like okay. Right, exactly. And I feel like that's just like so strange. Like yeah. there's so many 
other things that are funny. Personally, I didn't think much of it was funny, even the non-offensive stuff. Like, I just didn't find myself laughing very much. I like, think I laughed one time mm-hmm. in the entire hour special that I watched. Yeah. Like, I just didn't find it funny. And I don't think I'm the target audience for it. Yeah. Um, but I think that that's part of the problem is, like, he, who is he targeting with this, like, me- like with these jokes that about domestic violence? Like, who is he trying to get at? And I saw an interesting article that was talking about how, like, a lot of his fans are, like, um, um, a lot of his fans are women because, like, the crowd work that he does, like, he, like, and he's, like, attractive, and, like, people, like, see him as this, like, crush that they have, whatever, like, internet crush, and so a lot of his fans are women, and people were saying that he's trying to, like, broaden his fan base to more men, but the way that he's doing that is through this misogynistic tone and trying to talk about how, like, like, domestic violence is funny, and he thinks that that's what's gonna get him a more male audience, which I think is so like messed up to begin with yeah um i've seen some people that like loved his special i've seen some people that think this is like oh it's just a joke it's just comedy like everyone's taking it too far but i've seen a lot of other people who are really upset and he's facing a lot of backlash so it'll be interesting to see as of right now i don't think he's responded um to any of this um i don't know i think a lot of people like i said are using the excuse that it's just a joke but i think um the things that we find funny and the jokes that we tell t- say a lot about us. Yeah. Um, so I think it'll be interesting to see how he moves forward for one and also how just comedy in general moves forward because I feel like there's a lot of times that people are like, oh, you're just being too sensitive, it's just a joke. And that is used in comedy but also just in life in general. Like yeah. whenever anybody says something, is, oh, I was just joking, it's just a joke, like, I wasn't being serious. So... Obviously, we're not going to change an entire culture in a minute, but I feel like this backlash, and if there are consequences for him, could sort of set a precedent for comedians and for people everywhere to say that, like, hiding behind something as a joke is not is not a valid way to get out of, of saying something that you shouldn't be saying and joking about something that is very serious. Yeah. Um, but so moving on to our topic of the episode, this episode we're going to be talking about the Grammys and... The Grammy nominations just came out on November 10th, and we're kind of just going to be talking about who we think should win, who we want to win, who we think will win, and all of our predictions for the big four categories, Album of the Year, Song of the Year, Record of the Year, and Best New Artist. This, these four categories are known as the big four, and they've been around for the longest, and they are the most prestigious Grammy categories you could win, so I let's break them down and break down the nominees. Yeah, so... Molly and I have been talking about the Grammy nominations, who we think is going to win and everything, and obviously we love music. It's the reason we started this podcast, so we thought it would be a fun conversation to have. Yeah. Um, So the first category we're going to discuss is Album of the Year, which is just a category for overall achievement in an album in, like, every different way. It can't just have one or two good songs, some radio hits. It needs to be a good album in every way in terms of songwriting, production, all around. So we'll go through and say all the nominees, and then we'll talk about what we think, who we think is going to win, should win, etc. So, for Album of the Year, World Music Radio by John Batiste, The Record by Boy Genius, Endless Summer Vacation by Miley Cyrus, Did You Know That There's a Tunnel Under Ocean Boulevard by Lana Del Rey, The Age of Pleasure by Janelle Monet, Guts by Liv Rodrigo, Midnights by Taylor Swift, and SOS by SZA. I think this is a really strong category. 
I think so too. I think like I didn't really realize how many big albums came out this year. Me neither. A lot of these I thought were a long time ago. Like SOS by SZA, I could have told you that it came out two years ago. It feels like a long time ago. Yeah. Um, but I think there are a lot of really strong albums in this category. I think, um, I love Midnight's, but I just don't think that it's, it's gonna win album of the year. If you think of the other albums that Taylor Swift has won album of the year for, Folklore, 1989, and Fearless, Midnight's is just not up to the same, like, level that those three albums are. I think it's great, but I just... I feel like it's not, like, big enough, almost. Like, yeah. I feel like it obviously was this big, like, cultural thing, but I feel like it wasn't as big as a lot of her other albums. Yeah. There was no... Other than, like, Antihero, there weren't many big hits. Like, out of 1999, for example, there was Shake It Off, Wildest Dreams, Blank Space, Welcome to New York, and, like, countless more that rotated on the radio versus just Antihero, I think, from this album. And I think it was a great album. This doesn't go to say it's not. I'm a Taylor Swift fan through and through. Um, And I definitely can see Antihero winning for some certain individual categories, but I just don't see it winning album of the year. Mm -hmm. One album that I think that I wish had, like, that I think would be great to win, but I don't think there's any chance it's going to win also, is the record by Boy Genius. I am becoming a Boy Genius fan. And... I just think that Julian, Lucy, and Phoebe's sounds together, their voices blend so incredibly well that the vocal style is amazing. The production behind a lot of the songs is really, like, it works perfectly with their voices. Like, specifically in the songs Cool About It and Not Strong Enough, which are my two favorites and the most two popular songs of the album. Um, and I just think there's so much about this album is that's amazing. But I think there are a few songs that fall flat, and because of that, it's not going to win. I also feel like it's big in the people who like Boy Genius, but I think in order for it to be album of the year, it has to surpass just its own fan base. I think there were one or two songs that did, but I don't think there were many. Right. I think Guts definitely has a chance, because so many songs from that album have been on the radio, everyone's been talking about them for months. I just think Gus has a really good shot at winning, personally. I think it does too, but I think compared to SOS by SZA, like, I think that that's the obvious winner. Yeah, I feel that as well. I think it's 100% going to be one of those two. I agree. I think Guts, like, was really good, but when you compare it to Sour, it just, it doesn't live up. And I think, I think Sour was, like, this crazy cultural thing. Yeah. And I think Guts was huge. And, like, if there was no Sour to compare it to, I think that it would seem more impressive. You yes. know what I mean? But I think, like, looking at it side by side with their first album, it just feels smaller. But I don't think that that, like, makes it, like, not going to win the album of the year. I think it still has a huge chance. But I think SZA, like, just the production value. Yeah. The, the way that the song's... Like, everyone knows the songs, whether or not they're a SZA fan. Yes. My dad is a fan of Kill Bill. Like, <laughs> so, and, like, her tour and everything. So, I just feel like that's definitely, like, my pick. Like, yeah, my uh, prediction. But I think Guts is, like, a close second. And I do think, like, I think it has a chance. Yeah. 
The thing about Guts is when you compare it to Sour, it almost has less types of songs, if that makes sense. There are kind of two categories mm. of songs in Guts, in my mind. It's like Lacey, Making the Bed, The Grudge, the slower songs like that, and then like the upbeat songs like Get Him Back, Bad Idea Right, um, like Ballad of a Homeschool Girl. So I think the two different verse sour has a lot of different types of songs i think Mm -hmm. every song has its own individual style and so i think that's one thing that kind of holds this album back agreed um i think sos just the overall meaning behind every single song in the album like it's really a song about insecure an album about insecurities within a relationship i think that a lot of people can relate to and so i think just everything about the production the lyrics and everything about sos is going to make it win so the next category is Song of the Year. I'm going to let Molly explain the category because I get a little bit confused between Song of the Year and Record of the Year. Like, what's the difference? So I got very confused until recently. Song of the Year is specifically for songwriting and lyrics versus Record of the Year is in terms of vocal performance, production, and engineering. So when you think of production value, the different like background instrumentals and noises and things like that, that's Record of the Year. Song of the Year is specifically for the writing style. So it's Mm. the lyrics, but then also the melodies and the harmonies and the beats and everything behind that. I see. Okay. So songwriting is like if you were going to sing a song stripped back or like live without any of the production, it'd be the best song in terms of that. Got it. Okay. So the songs that are nominated for Song of the Year, A&W, Lana Del Rey, Antihero, Taylor Swift, Butterfly, John Batiste, Dance the Night, Dua Lipa, Flowers, Miley Cyrus, Kill Bill, SZA, Vampire, Olivia Rodrigo, and What Was I Made For, Billie Eilish. And it's interesting to see, like, you can really tell the albums that sort of took over this year because all of these artists are really, when you look at Album of the Year, Song of the Year, Record of the Year, there are a lot of of the same artists, and even for Song of the Year and Record of the Year, a lot of the same songs. And so I think that this, like, you can really see what songs top the charts and what album sort of took over this year yeah like SZA was nominated for nine Grammys which is crazy yeah is that like a record I'm not sure what the record is actually and I know in the past SZA has gotten snubbed for Grammys a lot I she I'm from what I know I'm pretty sure she only has one Grammy really yeah that's surprising so I think this is her year for Um, sure but the one thing to note about the Grammys is that it's actually not a popularity contest there could be a song or album that no one has ever heard of but if the grant usually the nominations the most popular songs are nominated but in terms of winners um it's very likely that the recording academy thinks that a song that's the best isn't a radio hit and that's Mm. okay it doesn't need to be because it can be not the most popular but still the best so i think that's really important to know Got it. So it's really based on, like, the merit of the song. Yeah, and not, like, did it take over the charts. Got it, okay. Um, so that's the only reason that I think A&W by Lana Del Rey actually does have a fair shot. I heard people say, oh, like, no one's heard of this song. Like, there's no, other than, like, her fans, like, there's no chance it's winning. I think when you listen to the songwriting, the lyrics, but then also the different melodies and, like, echoes behind the song i think it's just brilliant a and w by lana del rey i'm saying it right now is brilliant i don't know if it's gonna win but if grammys did what they did last year with 
song of the year where they gave it to someone that most a lot of people on the internet hadn't heard of. Everyone's heard of Lana Del Rey, but if they give it to a song that a lot of people hadn't heard of, I think this could be a really a good category and has a chance. What I think is so interesting is that um, What Was I Made For by Billie Eilish has the nom- a nomination. I think it should. I think it, it's, it's 100% a huge contender. But it's so interesting to think about the fact that like, this was written for a movie. And same with Dance the Night by Dua Lipa. They're both nominated in this category. And so I think, one, it shows how huge Barbie was this year, how much of like it affected the culture. Yeah. But also, I just think it's like impressive that a song that wasn't even from an album is being is being nominated for song of the year yeah like billy eilish said she wrote this song with the character barbie in mind not with herself in mind mm-hmm. she said that in an interview so i think it's really interesting to think about that being said i think it really has a shot like i think it could really win i think when you think about like the message of the song and the lyrics and like the story that it tells about feeling like you're not good enough and what was all the point and although it's about barbie and, like, a doll, and, like, that is the point. I think it everyone is so relevant, and everyone can relate to it. And so I think that the songwriting is really beautiful. And so when we think about the fact that that's what this, um, the fact that this, that's what this, like, um, award is about, I think it has a chance. Yeah, I honestly, I, that, I have that as my top pick of what I think will win, and honestly of also what I think should win. I think that song is just... It was like a cultural phenomenon, this whole album, but specifically the scene where that song took place, and I think it has a really good chance of winning. Personally, like, I'm I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan, we know this, but I just wish that Antihero wasn't the song that was being nominated for all the awards, because obviously it's going to be the one, like, it was like a single, but, or like it had the music video, but I don't know, to me it's just not the strongest one on the album. See, I kind of disagree. I don't think it's the strongest song on the album, but I think out of the ones Grammy was going to nominate, I think it honestly does have a chance. Taylor Swift has never won Song of the Year, which to me is... Really? That's crazy. She's won Record of the Year a few times. Song of the Year, she's never won. Don't quote me on this, but I heard that she's been nominated the most times ever, but she still has never won. That's so interesting because I think when people think of Taylor Swift, like, they think of her songwriting yes. over production value. 100%. I think of her as a songwriter, not a vocalist. She has great vocals, but that's not what she's known for, and that's not what she's popular for. That's she's so known for her lyrics and her songwriting, and the fact that she's never won is crazy to me. She did Very. win last year with All Too Well 10-Minute Version. It was nominated last year's Grammy. Yeah, that's crazy, too. Um, But... Honestly, when you think of Antihero, the chorus, I get it. It's very poppy. It doesn't really seem like it has too much of a message or anything. It's me. I'm the problem. It's me. Like, okay, it's kind of just there. But when you really think about it, is this song talking about insecurities and kind of does have a deeper meaning? I think... True. I honestly wouldn't... I think it has a kind of a chance. I don't think compared to What Was I Made For in A&W that it'll win. But I wouldn't be entirely surprised if I did if it did, only because I think it's time that Taylor Swift wins this category. Not even just because I'm a Taylor Swift fan. I think anyone who's heard her lyrics knows that she's a strong lyricist. So For sure. I think that there are stronger songs that she's done that, like, than Antihero, but I, but you're right, it does have, like, a, a good message of, like, it's, it's a similar message to yeah. the What Was I Made For by... Yeah. By Billie Eilish, where they're both about, like, this 
like feeling of insecurity and like not being enough and and kind of questioning your inner beliefs and stuff and when you I honestly like that it's this upbeat poppy song with this underlying meaning Mm -hmm. because it's kind of she's putting on this facade of not insecure to the public and in public but then deep down like that's how some people feel and that's how she might Mm. feel this insecurity and so I really like that the song has this upbeat poppy sound danceable and then when you take a deeper meaning and look like inside of the lyrics Mm. um it does have a deeper meaning so I love that honestly it's actually really interesting sort of a extra layer to the song I hadn't really realized but it's actually really interesting yeah um another song that I don't think has a chance to win um but I mean was nominated for so many categories I feel like you can't not mention it is Flowers by Miley Cyrus I think this song had its moment for like a week and then everyone kind of found it annoying Mm -hmm. I think it was one of those songs gets played too much and just everybody just gets annoyed with it yeah but the Grammys on seemed to like it they were she was not nominated in so many categories that i mean you never know i think it is it nominated for record of the year as well yes i feel like it has a better chance for that because i feel like the lyrics are not that good i do like that it was a spin off of the lyrics to when i was your man yes i do like that it was a it was a spin-off spin-off it was based on the lyrics to the song um, uh, by Bruno Mars. It's like, yeah. uh, uh, I hope he buys you flowers. I hope he holds your hand. And then this one is like, I, I can't can buy know. myself flowers. I can hold my own hand. Um, so I think that's cool, but I don't know if it has the level of lyricism yeah. to the uh, that the other songs do. But also, this category isn't just lyrics. It's also beat and melody mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. those things. I think, to me, I think of it as the lyric award, but I need to remember that it's not. Mm-hmm. Me as well. Um, but so moving on to record of the year. Record of the year, like I said, is a category of performance, production, and engineering. And the nominees for this year's cat for the category this year were Worship by John Batiste, Not Strong Enough by Boy Genius, Flowers by Miley Cyrus, What Was I Made For by Billie Eilish for Barbie, On My Mama by Victoria Monet, Vampire by Olivia Rodrigo, Antihero by Taylor Swift, and Kill Bill by SZA. When you think about the amount of songs that were nominated for all three of those awards, it's or the amount of artists, it's actually insane to me. It's really crazy. John Batiste, Miley Cyrus, Taylor Swift, SZA, Olivia Rodrigo, for all of those categories is really crazy. Um, so I think. Who I want to win, I would love it if Not Strong Enough by Boy Genius won. I, like I said earlier, I'm a big Boy Genius fan. But I think just the production and instrumentals of this song are insane to me. I love them. I think that Kill Bill has a really good shot. Um, I think that it it has a like large production value and like... The way that it like sounds is yeah. like, really big and bold and impressive, um, and so I think that has a really good shot. I think "Not Strong Enough" is a great song, and I think the production, like that song specifically, I think the production is what makes it such a good song compared yeah. to like lyrics or melody or something they're, like that, which are, they're fine, strong, but but not strong enough. <laughs> Get it? Um, no pun intended, except pun intended. But I 
I mean, I know you keep saying it's not a popular contest, and that's true, but I just feel like, I feel like this is a song where people would, would do a double take if it was chosen. I agree. I don't think it's gonna win, but I kind of want it to. Mm-hmm. I would love it if it did, um, and it is not a popularity contest by any means, but they do tend, songs that are popular are usually popular for a reason. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think Kill Bill by SZA has the biggest chance. I just think everything about that song is honestly amazing. Um, another song that I think has a really good chance is Vampire by Olivia Rodrigo. I love the, like, subtle instrumentals and just everything about the Mm -hmm. song and the production of it. I think it's much better in terms of production than it is with lyrics. I don't know. I think that one definitely has a shot as well. And I think it came out a little while ago, but I think we're forgetting, like, that it was kind of everywhere for a minute. Yeah. Um, and I do think, like, it, it has a good chance. Mm -hmm. I don't think Antihero has any shot at this award. I think... No. I think the production was meh. I think it was fine. I think it was sort of average for Taylor, which is above for a lot of other people. Yeah. But not... Not, not good enough. Level. Not good. Up not to strong level. enough. Not strong enough, but I don't think it was record of the year level. I agree. Ready to move on? Yeah. And moving on to Best New Artist, um, there were a lot of really great nominees for this fourth category. This category is usually um, intended to honor an artist who had a breakthrough into the music industry with a large impact this year. It doesn't need to be their first album some or first music someone can release music in 2017 but it could really not be that big or that like strong in the pop culture lens until more recently and so best new artist is like having a breakthrough moment whether or not they first released music a little bit ago their initial breakthrough moment into like fame and there were amazing nominees this year um, so the nominees for Best New Artist are Gracie Abrams, Fred Again, Ice Spice, Noah Khan, Jelly Roll, Coco Jones, Victoria Monet, and The Warren Treaty. I've heard of about half of these. Mm-hmm. Um, this could just be me, like, only having a very specific music taste, but there are definitely a lot in this category that I don't know well and others that I do. Agreed. I think, like, some of these, I'm like, oh my god, like, that's so cool. And some of them I was like, who? I do think it's interesting. I don't really know much about Victoria Monet, but I think it's really interesting that she's nominated for Best New Artist and Record of the Year. I think that's really impressive, and I think that means maybe she might have a shot because her song is is good enough to be nominated for Record of the Year. Yeah. But I don't really know much about her, so I don't know if I can really make an educated guess on whether or not she's going to win. Yeah, I haven't heard that song, but I think that alone is really, like, it's really impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, who I think is gonna win is a hundred percent, a hundred percent Ice Spice. Mm-hmm. She just had her moment this year. A hundred percent over. I mean, between like her song for the Barbie movie and her song with Pink Pantrets, her p- song with Pink Pantrets, um, between the Karma remix with Taylor Swift, which I don't think was that great, but just the fact that it happened. There's so and her, um. And her EP, like, between, she had the biggest year, she dominated pop culture, TikTok, Instagram, I just think she has such a shot at winning this. I think, I think it's almost in the bag, like, I think it's almost guaranteed. Um, she was just, like, such a cultural icon this year, everybody was talking about her, 
everybody was listening to her music. Everybody was like, like no matter what music you listen to, you knew you know Ice, you know Spice. Ice Spice. Whether or not you like her songs or know her songs, you know Ice Spice. And I think like she's just been so iconic this year that there's really almost no way that she doesn't win. However, my heart would be so so happy if Noah Khan were to win. He really did blow up this year. Yeah. He when I saw him, it was like the biggest cons um like amount of people that he'd ever done and it was like not that much and then the next night he broke that record again wow. and he's just getting bigger and bigger he has multiple nights in madison square garden coming up which it was impossible to get tickets to i couldn't get tickets to when i tried i didn't even get a pre-sale code so that alone just shows and like tiktok i think really helped kind of catapult his fame with yeah. a couple of songs that went viral and then from that i think he yeah. was really able to just like grow exponentially and He's someone who, like, like his Instagram when he won the Grammys, like, he posted this cute video. I cried. It was so cute. But <laughs> When he was nominated for When he was nominated, sorry. And then he's going to be on SNL. Which I need to go to, even though you can't get tickets to. Which I think is huge um, to show sort of the scale of his um, fame and, like, how much he's risen to fame. But also, um, when he posted that he was going to be on SNL, like, when SNL posted him... Um, his, he literally posted an Instagram story that was, like, the corner of his face of, like, a Snapchat you get from somebody, and, like, OMG, I'm gonna be on SNL, guys. And so, like, I just feel like he's able to be so real and so, like, normal, I guess, even with this immense amount of fame, and I know that has nothing to do with whether or not he's gonna win the award, like, you don't get an award for being the most down-to-earth, but I think he really is, and it just makes me root for him so much. And also, one, like, career strategy that I think definitely helped him blow up is releasing so many songs with different artists. Between having a song with Post Malone, Lizzie McAlphine, Hozier, Casey Musgraves, like, between all of those, he reaches their fans. He gets their fans to listen to his songs. And so that gets him even more popularity. I think Hozier was the biggest one. Hozier's huge. Like, like, pretty big. He was pretty big. And so between, and Post Malone as well. So between all these collabs, I think that definitely helped to catapult his career. Um, but another artist that I think, I don't think she ha- has a chance really. I would love to say that she did because I am like her biggest fan in the entire world um, is Gracie Abrams. I think that she definitely blew up. Performing for the Eras Tour is huge. Like you get all these Taylor Swift fans to see you. There's so many people in the stadium at a time that see you perform. Um, but I just don't think she had that one song that kind of catapulted her to fan. She didn't have a radio hit that everyone knew. Everyone knew Six Season. Everyone knew, like, six different Ice Spice songs. There were no Gracie Abrams songs that everyone knew. I knew all of them. But <laughs> just I don't think in terms of popularity that she made that dent. And I know it's not a popularity contest, but this award almost is. It's who made the biggest impact. And so I think that you really need to be popular to win this award. And I don't think Gracie Abrams has a shot. I love her and I'm obsessed with her and I'd never say anything bad about Gracie Abrams. But I think it's going to Ice Spice or Noah Khan, personally. Agreed. And I think it's most likely Ice Spice, but I think Noah definitely has a chance and I'll be you would my, be my road I'll be rooting for him. I agree. <laughs> so that's all we have for the Gram- Grammy nominations. We would love to hear your thoughts, who you think's going to win. And we... We'll, we'll keep you guys updated when we have the actual Grammys and yeah. see if any of our predictions came true. 
Um, and yeah, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye.